The Lord be with you. And also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. We welcome you to this service of ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily are offered in the praise of God for our gathered congregation here at Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our internet listenership around the globe at WBUR.org. We invite your prayerful and material support, your written or emailed responses, your choices of forms of service and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, your presence with us here come Sunday. This first Sunday, we celebrate, as is our custom, the Sacrament of Holy Communion. All present are welcome of whatever age and station to receive at this table. Those listening by radio who would like communion delivered in the home may request so by calling the chapel office. This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
Almighty and everlasting God, who in the Paschal Mystery established the new covenant of reconciliation, grant that all who have been reborn into the fellowship of Christ's body may show forth in their lives what they profess by their faith. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. A lesson from the first epistle of St. Peter, chapter 1, verses 3 through 9. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who are being protected by the power of God through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, even for now, for a little while you have to suffer various trials, so that the genuineness of your faith be more precious than gold that, through imperishable, is tested by fire, may be found and result in praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Although you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy. For you are receiving the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. The word of the Lord.
Please join me in praying responsively verses from Psalm 16 with the Antiphon. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. I have a glorious heritage. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. Even at night my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. The Lord is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad, and my soul rejoices. My body also dwells secure. For you do not give me up to Sheol, or let your faithful one see the pit. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And now, beloved, rise up, in body as you are able, but certainly in heart, for the singing of the Gloria Deo and the reading of our Gospel.
of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written so that you may have come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Love divine, all loves excelling, joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling, all thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion, pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation, enter every trembling heart. We hear today the conclusion to the fourth gospel, the courageous gospel, the gospel of John, the gospel of divine love. Notice Thomas, how different he is from anyone else in the gospels. Notice Thomas, who, though he mistakes the believing trust of the gospel for the knowledge of truth, nonetheless gives the full believing truth of the gospel in the most ringing affirmation in the pages of the 20 chapters, my Lord and my God. Notice how for the fourth gospel writer and for the earliest church, these signs and scenes, wonders and miracles, were deeds that speak. They are words for that time and for ours, and so remind us that faith, the reception of the gift of faith, is not a one-moment event, but is meant to be revisited and renewed, and so restored by the hearing of the word over time and over all time. These are deeds that speak. Well, weekend and weekday, we know of deeds that speak. Even a wedding 
even a royal or a common wedding can become an event with a voice. So one spring day in London just two days ago, two billion of us strong around the globe watched as husband and wife did uh, give to one another their pledge of faith in words, in liturgy, in music, very similar to the several dozen weddings which we shall solemnize here at Marsh Chapel this summer. And in those hours for the globe around, we for just a moment gave our attention up from what troubles us so much, the warming of the environment, the cooling of the economy, 400 and more dead at the hand of tornadoes, three uncertain wars, and we gave ourselves to dress and ring and kiss and carriage and convertible and all, a deed that did resoundingly speak. Why were you watching if you were? Well, I hope you were listening to the sermon. It was a good word. The minister spoke of God's generosity and our responsive generosity so evoked. He spoke, he recited a personal prayer. All real prayer is like faith itself, utterly personal. He spoke of this century, the 21st, as the time in which we will learn to manage and control what we built in the 20th century. I hear in that a shift from science in the 20th to religion in the 21st, from discovery in the 20th to community in the 21st, from learning to live to learning how to live together. He even mentioned that the gift of faith might be a seed welling up to eternal life as one to another relate in love. But you probably didn't turn in, tune, tune in to hear the sermon alone. What was it? Only Jonathan Friedlander, in my hearing, has probed deeply why, at least in one form of depth, we did listen so carefully and watch so attentively. There was the queen, as in the film, the, the, the king's speech. She had just a small part, but don't mistake her brevity of presence for her power of person. Elizabeth connects us, he said, to that other time. She embodies spring in London, not today, but some 61 years ago. She was there. And she recalls in her person that time when the island community resisted the ravages of Hitler. And so Churchill in May of 1940, those five days recorded in John Lukacs' fine book of that title, while others were pushing for compromise, while his war cabinet of better healed and better educated and more experienced Britons were searching for terms, Lord Halifax so searching and Lord Chamberlain ready to help him. Churchill clung to a love of freedom that spring in London. And when we see her, we remember him. With Belgium overrun, he clung to freedom. With France split in twain, he clung to freedom. With 400,000 men 
apparently lost on the beaches of Dunkirk. He clung to freedom those five days. When others were ready to give in, he gathered the courage, edged with fear, of a native people of the island community to forestall the ravages of the Germanic Air Force ready to incinerate that green and pleasant land. That's why we watched this event this spring in London. Because we know those moments when faith and courage is called forth, the hymns were just right, when I tread the verge of Jordan, bid mine anxious fears subside, death of death and hell's destruction, land me safe on Canaan's side. Songs of praises, songs of praises, I will ever sing to thee. I will ever sing to thee. You know, God is loving us into love and freeing us into freedom, and there are moments, should this be one, when fully we realize what we have been given. In May of 1738, May 24th to be exact, at about 8 in the evening, John Wesley, who adorns our portico here at Marsh Chapel, went, as he wrote, very unwillingly to a service of worship on Aldersgate Street, more out of duty than passion. And there in the hymn of the service and the prayer, the reading of Romans 8 and the commentary upon it, read from Martin Luther, Luther's work, he received, renewed, something again. And as he later wrote, he said to himself, walking back in the fluorescent, the, the pungent, the beautiful spring of a London evening, I felt my heart strangely warmed. That is the work of the Holy Spirit, then and now, to provide, to proffer the gift of faith. Friend, if you missed our Easter vigil, you missed a part of the preaching of the Easter Gospel, wherein our colleague Dean Neville spoke about the difference between believing as seeing and seeing as believing. He spoke about Thomas and so about us, about what First Peter, as the Reverend Jenkins did read, calls our capacity to love those whom we do not see. Lord, we remember before you those whom we love but no longer see. And he spoke about the importance of resurrection. What changes with resurrection, he asked? And the answer, we do. And what is that change? And the answer, our connection with God. And what is that connection? And the answer, a daily trust in the joyful embrace of Easter to gather us birth to death, grief to glory, in the everlasting arms of love divine, the message of the fourth gospel. You know, I have been teaching and preaching, interpreting and reading the fourth gospel for almost 35 years. When I come to its conclusion, still, I am astonished not only by what is said, but by what is not said. In 20 chapters, there is hardly an 
ethical word. The theologians, how I love this phrase, call this the teleological suspension of the ethical. Ooh, isn't that lovely? There's hardly a proverb, hardly a command, hardly a wisdom saying, hardly an ethical injunction other than the call to love, for John is convinced that once your heart has changed, or once you want to love, then you will find ways to do so as we shall this day coming to the Lord's table. So as we come forward to receive Holy Communion, let us do so with an unspoken but true promise not only to receive, but to live it. From this day forward, for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health, to love and to cherish. Faithfully, we will relate to our friends, partners, and spouses. Faithfully, we will attend to the public and private worship of God, including on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. Faithfully, we will use and utilize our resources of time and energy and money, giving away 10%, at least 10%, each year of what we receive and what we earn. And so, with the last of the beautiful hymns from a spring in London morning two days ago, we shall be part of that community of the 21st century. I may sing with Blake. And did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green? And was the holy Lamb of God in England's pleasant pastures seen? And did the countenance divine shine forth upon those clouded hills? And was Jerusalem builded here among these dark satanic mills? Bring me my bow of burning gold. Bring me my arrow of desire. Bring me my spear, O clouds unfold. Bring me my chariot of fire. I will not sleep from mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand, till we have built Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land. Amen.
please be seated. The peace of the Lord be always with you. My name is Elizabeth Fonby Hall. I'm the Director of Hospitality here at Marsh Chapel. Just want to take a moment to welcome all of you who are here with us. And I also want to welcome Reverend Joseph Jenkins, Jr., who helped us read today. And I also want to welcome his wife, Carolyn. They've come in from Wine Dash, New York. They were here for the Inner Strength Gospel Choir concert and also here to help us with the service. One interesting thing to note is that Reverend Jenkins was um, one of the founders of the Inner Strength Gospel Choir back in 1973, and he graduated from the School of Theology in 1976. So he's been a part of our community for quite some time, and we're very, very happy to have him back here with us today. So welcome, Reverend Jenkins. Welcome, Carolyn. I'd like to direct your attention to the red pads, which can be found in each pew towards the center aisle. If you would just take a moment to fill those out so that we at Marsh can get to know you better, and then so also you can get to know those who are seated next to you. As many of you may have heard, Sister Olga, who's the co-director of the Catholic Center, will be leaving at the end of June. She's going to be going to found a new order. We'd like to take a moment to remember her service here, and the Roman Catholic community will be doing that today at 6 p.m. with a Thanksgiving Mass in honor of Sister Olga's ministry here at BU. Following that 6 o'clock Mass, there will be a reception in honor of Sister Olga from 7.30 until 9 p.m. in the back court of the George Sherman Union, and all are welcome to join for that. We also want to welcome you to follow, um, following the worship, there will be a time of fellowship and refreshments down in the marsh room, so all are welcome for that as well. Now walk in love as Christ loves us, an offering and sacrifice to God.
us, the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us. We give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, beloved, Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Hear the good news, Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of the risen Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God, amen. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. And also, may we exchange signs of love and peace. Lord be with you and also lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful, wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, 
take, eat. This is my body which is given for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. And when the supper was ended, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of bread and in the power of your Holy Spirit. Your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim by singing the mystery of faith. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia, Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us celebrate the feast. Alleluia.
May we pray together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Bible says, in my Father's house there are many rooms. At Marsh Chapel we have many ways by which you, of whatever age or station, may choose to identify yourselves with our ministry. In the autumn we receive new members on Parents Weekend. At Easter Vigil we receive new members on Saturday evening. And this first Sunday in May we are happy to receive new members. If you are at a point, by the way, at which you would like to affiliate publicly with the chapel, you may come forward at this time or on the next occasion in which we receive new members. I'm going to ask the congregation to remain standing and to, jo to join me at page 38 in the hymnal. And today we welcome a fine class of new members who have actually been with us uh, for a bit of the year Past, and we're delighted to welcome them personally. We welcome the Reverend Mr. Burt White, and we welcome Dean Chris Muller, 
and we welcome the Cayley family, Chris, Oyeri, and Anka, and we're delighted to have them among us. They confess their faith in God, our Maker, Christ Jesus, our Redeemer, and the Holy Spirit, our Helper, by standing before you. So I ask them, and I'm going to shift the wording just a little bit here, fear not, as you move into member, as members of Christ Universal Church, will you be loyal to that church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries? I will. Excellent. Now, as chapter members of Marsh Chapel, will you, will you all, faithfully participate in its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, and your service? And now to the congregation, I turn members of the household of God. I commend these persons to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love and the response. We give thanks for all that God has already given you, and we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of Marsh Chapel. We renew our covenant faithfully to participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, and our service, that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. Beloved, following the service, please take a moment warmly to extend the right hand of fellowship to these, our newest members. The word of benediction, the God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and peace. Amen.